And externally, we know, you know, less than 25% of women can orgasm from traditional penetrative intercourse. It's because the clitoris, right, is north of the vaginal opening. And when you actually break it down and look at data, if your girlfriend's like, oh my God, it's so easy. What are you talking about? Like I orgasm all the time. Like I just have to position myself. We find that those women usually have clitorises that are normally lower than the average woman. So closer to the vaginal opening. And there's more clitoris that is external than there is internal. Mom, 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 mommy, mom. Yes, what? Slow down. Hey moms, my name is Jessica Gershman and I'm a mom of four and I'm here to help you slow down. I'm a mom on a mission trying to reframe the idea of what a good mom looks like. And I want to give you space to show up exactly as you are and have a human experience. I've been vulnerable in my studio and I want to be vulnerable with all of you because I truly believe that the more we can share our common experience, the more we realize that we are together as a community of moms. I hope you join me on this journey and to slow down. Hey moms, slow down. I want to welcome back Dr. Javed, a board certified OBGYN and leading women's healthcare provider. As we continue our discussion into female sexual health, today we're going to discuss the big O, the elusive female orgasm. All right, so how do women really reach this motherland of orgasm? And is it possible? How many orgasms can we have? The internal versus external, let's uncover it all. So I get asked this question all the time. It is, if we knew everything that was involved with an orgasm, it's amazing that anyone of us ever reach it. So when you think about it, orgasm involves being able to perceive the touch and the pressure and the pleasure that we feel, all of those signals have got to go up through a healthy spinal cord and to our brain. And then the second part of orgasm is being able to feel the physical contractions that happen in the vagina, the external genitalia, internally if we have a cervix and a uterus, but then also that feeling of euphoria, right? That feeling that everyone chases. And so you have to have normal skin, normal brain, normal, basically central and peripheral nervous system. And then you have to have good functioning, normal levels of a lot of neurotransmitters. So there are a lot of stoppage points where women will say to me, why am I not orgasming? And we have to figure out what's causing it and where in that cascade is the issue. And so if you think about orgasm dysfunction, the type that there are, there are women that there's complete absence, right? They've either never had an orgasm or they've lost it is what they'll say to me. Timing. So it takes forever to get there. We call that the interval to orgasm. Whereas before they were like, oh my God, it it was so much easier. The intensity or the strength of it, right? That has a lot to do with our pelvic floor. As we age or if we don't work out, you know, that hammock of muscles surrounding our pelvis can get weakened. And so just like we need to exercise all of our other muscles, if we're not keeping tone down there, then it's not going to feel as strong or as good. And then there's a very interesting orgasm dysfunction. It's called dissociative orgasm. So everything physical happens. You feel your partner's touch or your own touch. Everything gets up to the brain and you contract, you can actually feel everything, 
but there's complete absence of any euphoria or that feeling of wow, you know, like in that scene when Harry met Sally, right, in the deli. So yes, those are the types of orgasm dysfunction. And it's a lot more common than we think. A lot of women struggle with orgasm dysfunction. You're right. It seems like a lot to decode along that path to figure out what may be going on that's inhibiting you from reaching climax or from reaching orgasm. So let's talk about clitoral versus internal orgasms. The difference, how is everyone capable, are all women capable that have a cervix and uterus and and all those things capable of having an internal orgasm? Yeah. So it's very interesting. You know, if you ask 30 different OBGYNs, they'll give you 30 different opinions about, Mm -hmm. is there a G spot? You know, what is happening? So the clitoris the majority of it, right? The clitoris is the only organ for humans that is solely dedicated to pleasure. Think about that. It also has the greatest concentration of nerve endings of any other organ in the body. Pretty fascinating. Most of the clitoris is actually internal. So it wraps around the vaginal opening. So the theory is that what people describe as a vaginal orgasm or an internal orgasm or a G-spot orgasm is actually just the penis, the fingers, the toy, whatever is going on, stimulating those other parts of the clitoris, which get erect, just like a penis, which get filled with blood, right, as arousal and all of that is occurring. So can all women know because of all the disorder, right? So, but I think with treatment, most women can get there. Um, and externally, we know, you know, less than 25% of women can orgasm from traditional penetrative intercourse. It's because the clitoris, right, is north of the vaginal opening. And when you actually break it down and look at data, if your girlfriend's like, oh my God, it's so easy. What are you talking about? Like I orgasm all the time. Like I just have to position myself. We find that those women usually have clitorises that are normally lower than the average woman. So closer to the vaginal opening. And there's more clitoris that is external than there is internal. And so those women have a distinct advantage that they were born with, right? So it has nothing to do with partner skill or your own skill. And it just comes down to anatomy, frankly. This podcast is sponsored by the app, The Zen Mommy, my latest wellness offering just for moms like you. I am so thrilled to talk about my new app where I share all the wellness tools that I use in my life. Check out the library of yoga, recovery, meditation, and strength classes, kitchen tips, and a recipe database of personally curated recipes to help you look and feel your best. Plus, check out the journal features where you can cultivate a daily gratitude practice and so much more. Life is stressful, but I believe we can make it all it is meant to be with just a few tools to help us along the way. Download the Zen Mommy now at Apple and Google Play and start creating a life you want. So let's get in. We talked a little bit about orgasm dysfunction. How do we start to decipher if maybe we might be suffering from one of these or begin to start to have that discussion with our healthcare provider? So, you know, a lot of times, same thing. So go to your provider, ask them if they're comfortable treating this. The workup involves, you know, checking hormone levels and also doing a physical exam, looking at the patient's pelvic floor, making sure there's no skin disorder or something else causing impaired sensation. So it's a very honest conversation with your provider and getting to a provider who can help you with this. 
And then it's also asking yourself questions like, was I able to orgasm before or has this always been a problem? Do I think it's partner related? Because partner skill does have something to do with it. If your partner is not touching you in the way that you need or want or desire, it's also going to prohibit you from maybe reaching orgasm. There's already a gap. Women reach orgasm much more quickly on our own, on average four to 10 minutes than we do with a partner, 10 to 20 so if the partner skill is not there, I've had patients- are not taking the 10 to 20 minutes to get you there. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. If the partner skill or patience is not right. there, it's not going to happen. So obviously it's threefold, asking yourself those questions, asking your provider those questions, and then being willing to, if you want to get the work up, right? And then also talking to your partner about what you need- and so some of it is self-investigation. Some of it is getting in with a provider and then figuring it out. You know, like when patients tell me, oh, I was always able to have orgasm. It felt really strong and now it feels really weak. Obviously, I don't know that. They know that. So being in touch with your body, recognizing your own symptoms is a huge part of it. I tell patients to write it down. That way they remember in that moment, like what happened. So when they come talk to me, they can tell me exactly what's going on. And then that helps me make a diagnosis. So a big one too, I think of what you said time and again, is that if it was a certain way and now it's different, you know, noticing that shift versus maybe I don't ever recall orgasming or whatever the case may be. What kind of treatment options are available when we're dealing with the big O? Myself, I've been open about getting the O shot which was hands down one of the most painful experiences I've ever had. It'd be right up there with childbirth. Luckily, the nurse practitioner that gave me the shot said, you know, you'll forget it by the time you want to come back and it wears off, which is the great thing about pain is that our body doesn't remember it. But what are some other treatment options that are available to help women maybe start to combat some of this orgasm dysfunction? So there is currently no FDA-approved treatment option. So I just want to make clear everything we're talking about is off-label. There is data for all of this, but it's just not FDA-approved for this reason. And so some of those medications I talked about for low libido, they do have data that supports it helps with orgasm. So patients on Addy, patients on Vilesi, testosterone therapy helps. And so testosterone to the clitoris there is data that laser therapy, it's called laser-enhanced orgasm, can help some patients. If a patient has a problem of scarring over the clitoris, that's called phimosis. So obviously surgery, right? Releasing that scar tissue so the clitoris can actually be touched is a treatment option for them. So it's intrarosa, which is a vaginal insert. It's DHEA also has data that it helps with orgasm. So there are medications that can help with orgasm. Sometimes it's an attention problem. We talked about this earlier, about how women are doing all these things, and it's very hard to concentrate on pleasure. So sometimes attention medications like Adderall can help a patient with orgasm dysfunction. Sometimes giving them neurotransmitters or giving them medications that increase neurotransmitters will also help with orgasm. And then I'm a big believer in there's clitoral pumps, just like there are penile pumps. There are localized creams that can work. So Wave Serum, they've actually done some data. It's a vasodilator and helps with some blood flow because that's what orgasm is, right? It's this channel we need to fill and then it releases when we're actually orgasming. And so, and then there's a product commercially available. It's called Scream Cream. 
which I don't prescribe. I know. I, I want to make people <laughs> come on. <laughs> I know. Come on, right? People, a lot of times I'll get asked that in the media because people like the shock value of the name. But all it is is a combination of that vasodilator I was talking about and a little bit of topical testosterone. So women can put, with a provider's prescription, they can put a little bit of testosterone on the clitoris you know, prior to foreplay, and that can help some women with orgasm as well. Well, I think it's important that you don't have to suffer alone and to have these conversations, to start talking about it with your partner. I had another therapist that was on us talking about, you know, women are the fire in the sexual part of the relationship, but we're slow to burn. And so understanding what feels good to you, what, how do you need to connect? Do you need to connect emotionally? Do you need to have just some touching practices? Do you, what is going to take, like you said, that 10 to 20 minutes with a partner is a long time. I mean, sex acts, I mean, men, what is it? 80% have orgasm within the first three minutes or something. So you're never getting to that 10 to 20 minutes if you don't start incorporating maybe some other feel good practices that can get you in the mood and start turning you on. And I think it's important to, to chat about that too. And you're hitting a huge, immensely important point. So I can write all the medications and do all right. the procedures I want, but unless we get to the root of it in the relationship and self-awareness, so counseling is huge and actually is very therapeutic when it comes to orgasm and as is pelvic floor physical therapy. So we talked about that, right? If our pelvic floor is not healthy and it's weak, so our pelvic floor helps us keep urine and you know our waste in, right? So we need some pelvic floor tone, but we also need our pelvic floor to relax enough to allow penetration, to allow insertion of a tampon. And then also we need good healthy pelvic floor to contract for an orgasm. And so pelvic floor physical therapy can also help immensely with orgasm dysfunction, especially for those women who describe their orgasm as very muted or weak or just doesn't feel as good. And it's interesting, as I've seen a pelvic floor specialist, a women's health specialist, it's an area that you didn't even know there was an issue until there's an issue and someone is able to relieve that. And it was like, oh my gosh, how it shows up as pain in different places and hip pain and all kinds of, or when we are all jumping and doing jumping jacks and, and pee a little bit, there's, it doesn't have to pee. Like we can work on these things. There are people out there to help us. You don't just have to never run or jump a rope, you know, or skip down the hall without peeing your pants. It's okay. There are people out there to help us. So I appreciate talking about all of those and we will be back. Mm -hmm. 